0: we have to revisit and, and get an understanding of why of the we're train. here. ¿Por qué los lo otros estamos aquí, Eddie? God gave us a purpose. Why why are we here? ¿Por qué estamos aquí? Why are we here, Jose? ¿Por qué estamos aquí?
1: ¿Por qué estamos aquí?
0: Amen. We're here for a purpose that God has had us for it and, and for the purpose of the kingdom to win souls. Amen. I like that answer. Wayne, why are we here, Minister Wayne? To worship the Lord. Okay. We are the church of God. We are his people. That means Radimus was selected by God to be a part of the kingdom alongside with his beautiful wife and their future a generation child that will continue the kingdom of God. We are not here to waste our time. We're not here to socialize. We're here to be equipped by the word of God. We're here to be sharpened. We're here to take the load that God has given us and distribute it. Okay? To each other. Each and every one of us carrying our own weight. Amen? But the reason why we come together is so that we can be unified in Christ Jesus. Meaning that the only one that can bring us to the perfection is God. And the only way that we can obtain that is by us coming together, fellowshipping, and allowing the presence of God to descend over us. And the manifestation of the supernatural turn the impossible into possible. That's why we're here. So if we were to take a, a, a summit, or if we were to take a resume, or if we were to take some kind of report, many people will tell you all different kinds of things. But the reality of why we're here is because God intended for all of us to be here. Amen. Amen. And as we walk along, we will know that my, my, mystery. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. Whoever could read it out loud, you're more than welcome. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 1 through 6. Right. Go ahead, wait, right.
1: loud. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 says, Therefore
0: the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Mm-hmm. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. The Apostle Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, and the Apostle Paul says to the church in Ephesus, this is the reason why Jesus Christ came and died for us, Okay. He tries to give us an illustration based on the characteristics of Jesus Christ. Now understand this. God has chosen the church to represent Him on earth. After Jesus died and resurrected, He descended in the form... Of a spirit onto the earth, and then commissioned them by empower them to the Holy Spirit. So now, your best friend through this walk called life should be the Holy Spirit, not the pastor. When you have the Holy Spirit in your life, and the Holy Spirit it's it's living like He's supposed to be living in your life. The only way that the Holy Spirit might not be living in your life if it's, you're still dealing with sin. In other words, if you're still embracing those old behaviors, then you are saddening the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit cannot completely manifest Himself like He wants to manifest Himself in you. Now understand this, when the Holy Spirit comes upon the church, the Holy Spirit empowers the church and also teaches the church what God expects from them. Amen? So in other words, if you look at the church today, the church of today has a lot of bad habits. First of all, the church shouldn't be giving counseling. Who's the greatest counselor? The Holy Spirit. Spirit. Who counsels me? God. I listen to everyone. I know that everyone's going through something. I myself at one point needed counseling. But I discover if I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, who's going to lead me to all truth? The Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit wants to engage, have a relationship with you. The only reason why we don't engage and have a relationship with the Holy Spirit is because we don't want to let Him in. We want to try to talk the Holy Spirit into understanding us. The Holy Spirit cannot understand us because the Holy Spirit is in order. We're in this order. And order will never understand this order, and this order will never understand order. Are are you hearing what I'm saying? For example, many of you didn't like to follow orders in life. And that got you nowhere. But now you came to a conclusion in your life that you need to do right. Because right will get you right. Amen? Amen? So, the Apostle Paul says to the church, Listen Ephesians, listen Resurrection Center. You are supposed to walk, talk, live, And do everything as Christ Jesus modeled for us. Okay? Now we understand that there are many things in our life that are impossible for us to do. They are impossible. But who makes those things possible? God. If you still drink. If you still smoke. If you're still involved in all kinds of behaviors that you're not supposed to be in. And you need help. Who's the one that can lead you out of that?
1: The Holy, Spirit.
0: the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you a dotage of conviction. I cannot give you conviction. I can give you awareness. I can tell you, stop Maria. But Maria can do whatever she wants. But the Holy Spirit can do something that I can't do to Maria. The Holy Spirit can remind Maria and convict Maria in the heart where Maria goes, oh, I cannot do that anymore. I'm not God.
1: That's
0: right. I can't solve your problems and I'm not trying to solve your problems. I have my own problems. But the more I die to myself, the more I learn and lean on to the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you are amazed and you look at me and say, Pastor, how did you get there? How did I get here? Surrendering all." I never saw myself teaching anyone. I never t- saw myself leading myself out of bed, let alone leading myself out of couches. Yes, I used to sleep <laughs> in people's couches. I used to wake up in people's couches, and people's houses that I didn't even know. Put a bunch of marks around my neck.
1: What kind of marks? <laughs> right. I don't like that. Leave that there.
0: So the Apostle Paul says to them... I don't. You guys are something else. You guys didn't get no hickeys? Ew!
1: You guys didn't wake up in nobody's couch? <laughs> you Maybe better be- up in a rally
0: somewhere y'all been saved all your life I'm the only one I'm the only one that walked into a house with clothes and came out with no clothes I'm the yeah, only one no, no. <laughs> I'm just being real a- amen am I the only one but because sometimes y'all want to act all holy and bougie and the Holy Spirit can't help bougie people the Holy Spirit of God want real people. Real I have a people. question, I have a Amen. question. No, you don't have a question.
1: Only Ian on this topic. Yes. is on what he just said. Does anybody have a couch available for him tonight?
0: <laughs>
1: All right. So,
0: the Holy Spirit gives you an impartation of God. Understand that God cannot download himself to you. If God downloaded Himself, you'll blow up. The Holy Spirit gives you an impartation Mm -hmm. of God. When you receive an impartation of God, you begin to see transformation take place in your life. You're never going to get transformation through counseling or through rehab. Transformation is a manifestation of the supernatural. Absolutely. Transformado. Viene. De lo sobrenatural. Yes. In pocas palabras, tú lo vas a recibir eso a través de counseling. You're not going to receive that uh, seven weeks uh, of discipleship, or de- you're never. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can get some knowledge, but you will never be free. The only way that you can be free is through an impartation of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's the only way you can be Thanks. free. So for example, I have an addiction, let's say. Whatever the addiction might be. We pray, Holy Spirit, deliver me. Some of us don't pray that prayer because we like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Even though we know it's wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. I sever the chains of addiction in the name of Jesus.
0: I know I ain't supposed to be smoking, but I'm still smoking. You ever heard people preach to that to you and they talk to you how they're going to live forever? You know I'm going to live a long, long life. You know I'm going places. Run for the hills. Cause you are, you're going to call secondhand smoke. You, you get what I'm saying? Now, an impartation of the Holy Spirit, okay delivers a transformation in your life and everything about you begins to change for the better. You start walking different. You start talking different. You start acting different. That people will start noticing and people will even start to embrace that new behavior that you're currently under. Now the goal is to remain in that behavior, but many of us don't. We just get a dose. We feel happy and then sometimes we run into our dark place. God wants to take us out of that dark place. And the only way that God can take us out of that dark place is through a transformation. So the Apostle Paul says, reminds the church here. He says, therefore, me as a prisoner of the Lord, I beg you to live a life worthy of your calling. In other words, each and every one of you has a calling by God. Some of you have the calling to sing. I don't. Some of you have the calling to to help others, to preach, whatever the calling might be. Don't take that lightly. Don't take that lightly. Out of all the people in this world, that ain't doing right. God chose you to do right. That's a privilege. Yes it is. You chose me to make the difference. I know. Ain't that something? I paid the price for you. If you value that, God will honor you. Everywhere I go, I'm not afraid to say that I'm a child of God. Mm -hmm. Some people are afraid to say that. You only say what benefits you at the moment. Not knowing that God even wants to bless you when those don't want to bless you. That's a privilege and an honor. Don't be ashamed of what God has called you to be. Amen? Put a a, a value to that. And then the Apostle Paul says, I beg you. In other words, he's saying, man, I plead with you, man. Mm -hmm. Walk worthy. Put value into your life. Every morning I wake up, thank you God for this day. You know, I have experienced this many times, that I walk into my job, and the first thing that I see coming down the hallway is a body in a man. I have seen that many times. I don't know the reason behind their death, but I thank God Mm -hmm. that I'm not dead. Mm -hmm. And many of us don't appreciate the life that God has given us. You know there's a lot of people today that can't walk, can't talk, can't see, can't do absolutely nothing for themselves, and you can do more for yourself, and you live more crippled than them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you are crippled in your own mind. In your own mind. There is no sin that can separate you from God. There is no hell that can separate you from God. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Only yourself. So if God loves you that much. Why don't you love him back like you're supposed to. Now Mm -hmm. you say I do but my way. Let me tell you something. How many of you got children? How many of you got called by the teacher for a meeting?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they read you the report. Your child has been late. Your child hasn't been doing their homework. Your child this and this and that. What's the first thing that goes through your mind? That's not mine. I not me, hijo. No, 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 no. You're talking to me about somebody else. And then you look at your son or your daughter like,
1: what
0: you? <laughs> you get upset because they're misrepresenting what you. Uh-huh. Have you ever thought about God? How we misrepresent Him? Every time the devil goes up and says, look at God, look at what Chris is doing. And God says, my son is on him. I got him. Even though you're in your sin, he still loves you. And he still defends it. Yes, he does. But many of us take that for granted, not knowing that one day this is all going to be over. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the world being over. Your world could be over the moment you step out of this building. What are you going to say to God that day? Mm-hmm. Many will come to me on that day and say, Lord, 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 Lord. And I will say, depart from me. I never knew you. The impossible becomes possible when you leave it to God. Now, many of us don't want to, but let me tell you, God is faithful and committed to you no matter how much you think he's not. Amen. So let's look at verse two. Very quickly. The apostle Paul says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance to each other. Now, this is where we all play a role as a church. Verse 2 talks about the group, the remnant, the people of God. The Apostle Paul opens up begging the believer to remain in what God has called them. But then in verse 2, he commissions the church, which the group of people, to for each other to embrace each other and to hold each other. Some of us are down, not because life has brought us down, but because our brothers and sisters have brought us down. God's purpose for us to get getting together is for us to edify each other. So I hear people all the time. I see a lot of things. And you know what my response is that I see a lot of things and I pray about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Just because you're seeing something in their church doesn't give you the right to pass judgment. Pray on it. Amen.
1: Yeah.
0: Pray on it. Hey, God, I saw brother so-and-so struggling because sometimes, okay, we could be so, uh, holy that we forget that at one point or another we were in that critical state of mind just because my brother is down doesn't give me the right to bring him down it is my responsibility to bring my brother up and sometimes the best way that you can bring your brother up is by praying to God and speaking to your brother about who God is in him and where God is going to take him remind your brother and your sister who they are and who God called them to be yes Model to them. Yes. Hey, brother, I haven't seen you in a while, but I've been praying for you. Hope everything is well. Yeah, yeah, everything's all right. You know, you know what? We're gonna go out for coffee. We're gonna go have. We're gonna have some lunch. We're gonna go have some brunch. I never want to see anyone in my funeral regretting an opportunity that they could have had with me. Maximize the time. Don't ever wait for the last moment. If God places in your heart to call your sister, call your sister, call your brother. Don't be that person regretting. I could have shut up and I didn't. I call my mother every day. At least I try. Let me be honest. Yeah. Because awesome. I know she's getting up there in age. And I speak to her and now she's in this, this thing where she's watching Jesus on TV. Pretty soon I, my, my goal is to get her through these doors. But she's watching Jesus through TV, but at least she's doing better than before. At least she's not watching Don Francisco Salvadoriante. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. 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 But the show is not. Amen.
1: <laughs>
0: so it says, always be humble, always be gentle, and always be patient. Why is it that we're impatient with people? Wasn't God patient with you? Now think about how many times you get you let God down. Yep. Let's be honest. How many times? How many times you went out to the club, you got drunk, and then that. you started puking in the car and puking in the house and saying, like, I want not do it again, I won't do it again, I won't do it again. And, and the veins were popping out, the eyes were blush out red. Then Friday came and you were doing it again. And God forgave you. you. And God, now you're a Christian, now you're like, oh God, burn down the bar, burn down the cinema, bring the judgment. What if God would have listened to somebody else when you were in your sin? You would have been smoked. Lord, God have mercy. God had mercy. You see, we come to the church, we become Christian, and now we come, become judgmental. We forget where we came from. How many times you were in, the, in, in, in El Punto? The corner. Hello? You know, you know, when 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 I was growing up, I, I had a this was my biggest issue as a young man growing up, and still deal with is that my name is common. My name is Jose Martinez. There's a million Jose Martinez. If you're Puerto Rican, you have been blessed to be named Jose, and then you've been extra blessed if your last name is Martinez. Okay? So the moment somebody was looking to or someone, oh yeah, that Jerry Curl Jose. Or that Jay got. They, nine out of ten times they will point the finger at me and I wasn't the person. But how many times they point the finger at me and God rerouted them and they got somebody else? Or God intervened.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And now that we are saved, holy, sanctified, now we want to be judgmental. Mm-hmm. Oh God, those strippers in that club, all oh, those drug dealers, those, that was you. Mm-hmm. Pray for them. Lord, they will encounter you in a deeper yes. way. Lord, I Send pray that the same way word. you work with me, you yeah. work with them. Yes. Some way, somehow, <laughs> you know that God had to put some overtime with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Can I? Can I share a quick testimony? Go right ahead. One time, I went to downtown, and I had the flyers of the churches when we. Yeah, just speak up loud church. so they can hear you.
0: Huh?
1: So one time, I was giving um, flyers in downtown with Pastor Elizabeth. You guys remember her? Yes. Yeah. And, um, we went at nighttime. So it was, everything was live, all the clubs. And so there was a stri- I didn't know she was, a, I didn't know she was a stripper. So I go to, to hand her the fly of the church and she goes, Oh, honey, you don't want to give that to me if you knew what I did. And I said, No, you're exactly who I want to give it to. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so she took it and the guy that was holding his hand rolled his eyes at her, but she actually took it. But I felt like that was a big, um, I felt like it it was a victory because she didn't um, reject it. She
0: took it. Amen. And that's a good testimony. These are simple things that we do on a common day that could go a long way. But we as believers have to understand that God has a plan with everybody, and we have to fit in that plan that God has with everybody. So right now, you might be calling your boss the devil, but God is calling him blessed. Mm Mm-hmm. The next representation of Christ here on this earth is you. And we have to keep that mindset. You get what I'm saying? Especially when you're driving and somebody cuts you off. Stop saying, freaking bastard. <laughs> that bastard has a father. And his father's Abba. The same father that kept you. You have to be careful. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because the more negative you are walking holy, the more God holds it against you. We don't have credit. In the kingdom of God. If we don't work towards it. God says do unto others. As you will like to be done unto you. Mm-hmm. That is the law of the land. What comes around
1: goes, around.
0: goes around. You reap what you sow. So how can you call somebody else a bastard. And not expect somebody to call your son a bastard.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Bless people. God bless you. I love you. Hallelujah. Amen. they <laughs> Dios te ama. Now, the Apostle Paul says this to the church of Ephesians. He also says to them, in verse 3, Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace. Mm -hmm. Tanto bochinchero en iglesia. So many gossipers in the church. Look at what the, the Apostle Paul says. God's nature is for you to be united. And to make every effort. So my job is not to investigate what's going on with Wade. My job is to grab Wade and say, hey brother, I don't know what you're going through. But you know what? God is going to get you through this. Because we're going to do it together. Because I'm going to. Oh, come on Dave. Let's Let help the brother out. What's wrong with you? <laughs> man, man, we're going to do this. He... He know. Hosea, come up here, man. Come and help a brother out, man. And now we're all one. Do you, you think this is hard for the enemy to try to filter to? When on. four brothers are walking together, yeah. right united through a door, we got to take that, that door open. But the enemy, the enemy doesn't want Dave to know Jose. The enemy doesn't want Wayne to know Jose. He wants us all in church, all disunited, all just coming to church, doing absolutely nothing but words coming out of our mouth and no relationship. That's
1: true.
0: If Jose was being attacked by the enemy. And Dave was the first one to, to receive that missile. The first thing that Dave will say, that's not the Jose that I know, but I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to pray for my brother. That's right. But the devil now knows that we're all disconnected. And the first thing that he's going to put in Dave's mind, Jose did this. And Dave is going to say, Well, you know what? It might be true.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He might be messing up. When you're disconnected, you have no connection. When you're disconnected, you don't have no relationship. Right. And when you're disconnected, you become vulnerable to whatever's out there. Yeah. Yeah. And the Apostle Paul is saying, unity is going to overcome this unity. The more you unite, the stronger you become. The more you unite, the more purpose and plan got. The more you unite, the more power you have. The less That you are together the more vulnerable you are. Give them a round of applause. Amen? So, what are we going to do? We're going to create a chain of prayer. Tonight when we leave. Father, Holy Spirit. Help me pray for my brother, for my sister. Help me communicate with them. Let me have a better relationship with them. Don't wait for the pastor to initiate relationships. See, the problem is today that many people are looking to the pastor as the pastor is going to solve all the problems. Like if the pastor is the prime minister of the kingdom of God. We're not the prime ministers. We're just ministers. We're not the prime minister. You know who's the prime minister? The Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's the prime minister of the kingdom of God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Jesus Christ is sitting next to the throne of God interceding in our behalf. Mm-hmm. But we need to get it together as a church, as a group of people. Saying we're gonna take the opportunity to pray for one another. Like this morning, I pray for each and every one of you at three o'clock in the morning individually. Individually. And my prayer was that you guys make it to church today and you guys made it all. Amen. Amen. Isn't that something? And my prayer was that when you get here, the word that God has given me downloads into your spirit. Amen? But imagine me getting up in the morning. Ay, Señor, yo estoy cansado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yo soy un pastor. Triste, aburrido. Afectoso. Que la vida. No quiero más. No puedo. You see ministers talking like that all the time. You see ministers talking deaf into their life. I can't no more with it. If you couldn't, why God called you in the first place? You have forgotten what God has called you to do. Yes, you can. Because God has equipped you. Had God not equipped you, he would have never sent you. That's true. You get what I'm saying? But you get caught up with the yokes of life. And now you're a fan of life instead of being a fan of God. And you get caught up and you all worked up and you got a hundred things going on. One of the things that I have learned the hard way as a pastor is to learn how to delegate. We are a church, right? Mm-hmm. There's two individuals that I want you to protect yourself from. There's two individuals, two types of people that bring chaos to the church. These two individuals are, these two type of individuals are the selfish ones. That's the first ones. The second are the rebellion. Okay, now I'm going to talk to you about the selfish ones. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 3 through 4. Whoever wants to read it aloud, you're more than welcome. I'm going to call one of y'all. Let me me see who I call. Christina. Christina. (laughs) Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4. These are the selfish ones. These are believers that come to church and become selfish. I don't want you to become a selfish individual. Amen. We got it? Okay. When you have it, read it out
1: loud. Let nothing be done
0: to selfish ambition, believe that or conceit. But have loneliness
1: loneliness on the mind that each esteem others better than yourself.
0: Okay. Look at me, church. Pay attention because I don't want you to fall into this category. Okay? We are a team. We are a body united by God. Our gifts and our talents serve a purpose. Isn't it funny how sometimes you, I don't know if you've ever been quoted this, that somebody brought this up to your attention? They said, oh, you do more for others. Yeah. that don't live with you than what you do for us. Mm-hmm. amen You'd be surprised how many people come to church and they isolate themselves in that mentality that's a negative that's a, that's an enemy of the kingdom of God. Selfish individuals never want help. What do you do for a living? truck driver I need a truck driver. God bless you brother. What do you do for a living? Well, you used to do glasses. <laughs> I need glasses. Get them in hand, I'm going to go see you. Dave, yeah. what do you do for a living? You're an ambassador. You're going to write me a letter. What do you do for a, <laughs> a living? You're a nurse. Oh, I, 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 I got a headache. Herman? <laughs> Globotomy. I, I, I need some <laughs> Okay. Pay attention. I don't want you guys to miss this out because I'm going to hit this hard. <laughs> Selfish individuals become <laughs> prideful <laughs> In their own demise, they don't need nobody. They can do it all themselves. But when it comes down time to take credit, they want to take all the credit, and then they also want to take others down by saying, "You know, this person never helped this person." No, first of all, you don't involve others. You don't engage others, but you want to do it all yourself. But then you're complaining. I learned as a pastor, you cannot be selfish in the kingdom of God. If I know Radimus to do something, trust and believe I'm going to contact him to do it. Why is that important? Because the more you take on as a person walking in Christ, the more worry and burnt out you're going to become. God never intended that. You're struggling because you choose to. Because if you know that there's a praying church, speak up. I need prayer, you don't have to be specific on what's going on but you shouldn't be struggling by yourself because God has called us to unity so trust and believe when I'm in a time of trouble or I need a favor I'm going to call my brother and sister in Christ to help me out now I shouldn't have the mindset that I can do it all myself because that's the mindset of the devil you know how to cook Christina right Guess who I'm calling when I'm going to do a party? You. You know how to cook, Janet? Guess who I'm calling? You. When people don't do that, they become selfish. They become isolated. And the next thing you do, they become rebellious. And that's the second type of individuals that's in the church. In other words, what the apostle Paul was trying to implicate and trying to get the church to understand in, in Philippians and also in Ephesus that we are a body, nothing belongs to you and nothing belongs to me. It's all for us. Why the church of today is so divided? Why? Because the enemy has placed in our minds that it's okay just to attend church. In the church, there are gifts, and those gifts are for our own benefit. If I know that my brother and sister has that gift or that benefit, trust me, I'm going to get a hold of them before I get a hold of Pretty Ricky. Pretty Ricky don't come to church. Pretty Ricky's a mess. I'm just using that as an example. Or Pookie and Tookie. But we ourselves as individuals don't become that royal family that we should be. And we're lost in the kingdom of God. When I was growing up, my brother was an artist. He used to draw. So every time I had a project, guess who was drawing for me? Now there's people that grow up in the house and won't even ask each other for a favor. So I have my boy do it for me. And we're dismissing the unity. When I was growing up, my grandma used to make pasteles. <laughs> she used to take a big olla. I, I, I can't, I can only really explain this half Spanish, half English. So bear with me. I, I don't
1: know
0: how to translate that, Dave. Just bear is. with me. We to agree. Yes. The yuca. Yes. Say yuca. Yuca. Okay? I know yuca. And all of us. Played a role, okay. My 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 brother cut the elos. they had to be cut a certain way. Nothing goes to waste. Somebody was in charge making sure that everything was, you know, where it had to be. Okay, I was seven years old, and then we had the 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 um the things to wrap them with uh, the sheets, hoja. Back then, they're not, I don't know how they are now, but back then, they stuck to one another. So you had to lick your fingers all night. Trying to separate these things. Alright? Now, the biggest job belonged to the one who was going to label the pasteles. (laughs) They were, it was a line. But the last person, because, you know, we Spanish people, we do it all at the same time, piques and we're just going, we're just going. We're not going to do fifty piques and fifty cannes one after. No, we're going to do them all together. When we're going to figure that out, the last person that touched the last pastel needed to know what kind of pastel was that. <laughs> now you say what? But back then, communication what's key? You know what the church of today and the families have lost today? Communication. Communication. How you live in a house and you texting somebody's right next to you? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, let's be honest. Hello. Hello, come downstairs and eat. can you just call me? Maybe I don't have my phone on me. Maybe my phone is being charged. Maybe my. Maybe I shut down my phone. That's how pathetic today's generation is. You know, I met a couple that they were arguing and fighting. And I said, how do you guys argue and fight? Oh, we argue and fight through Facebook. And I said, what do you mean by that? Oh, you know, I told him to come down to dinner and I posted it. And he was upset. I knew he was upset. And I said, that's embarrassing in my mind. I didn't say it to them because I knew they was going to sanctify me by the end of the night. Crucify me. You know how people are. Because in reality, it's what? But the devil loves to take apart the family, take apart the church and it all starts with that sense of communication. Okay? Now we communicated so well that as people were labeling the, the pasteles we also knew how many were going to who and who. Doña Carmen? Doña Maria? Doña Maria quiere say de pique. All of that, was, there was no, none of that. All of that was, because if you didn't get it right, grandma was going to hit you with a cucharón. There was no sympathy. Grandma hit you, everybody else hit you. That's how it was. So we understood, we either get it right, or we pay for it later. So we got it right. And how did we get it right? Well, we all came together and communicated to one other. Today's churches are lacking communication. And the main communication that we're lacking from is from the Holy Spirit. We, don't, we can't even discern what season we're in or what we're up to. Because we have lost full communication with the Holy Spirit. Have you asked the Holy Spirit, what does he think about the coronavirus? Mm -hmm. You asked everyone else, except the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Nothing happens in this earth, unless God allows it. Mm -hmm. So the Bible says, So there has to be... You you get what I'm saying? Where I'm trying to get you is where the Apostle Paul was trying to get the church to an understanding that we all needed each other. And the more we work with each other, the more unity we share, the more manifestation. God cannot manifest Himself just on one person. God manifests Himself on everyone, however He wants. So if God is working in Pastor Millie's life and He's working in my life... Our relationship is so close that when she says something that the Holy Spirit revealed to her, I don't come against it. I receive it as well because I know it's from God, because I know God's tone of voice and style of working. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the rebellious one, which is the second type of individuals, are people that come to church. And that's in Romans chapter 13, verse 1 through 2. These are two types of people that I want you to avoid and I want you to become. The selfish ones and the rebellious ones. Romans, chapter thirteen, verse one and two. Jessica, Romans. You back there? Romans. Romans, chapter thirteen, verse one through two. I didn't say Christina. What? Romans chapter thirteen. Verse one through
1: two. For there is one no authority
0: that comes from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority abuses the ordinance of God, and those who reject will bring judgment on themselves. Can I, can, I, can I hear you all say this? God is a God of order. God is a God of order. Dios es un Dios de orden. Okay. Many people come to church. God gives them a word. They don't want to receive that because they don't like it. No, 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 not me. God understands. I, I can't buy a house right now. I ain't got nobody in the bank. but I don't want to buy a house with this person. They don't say that, but they say that in their mind. God is saying, I don't want to hear that. What I want you to understand is what I have decided, what I have ordained, is going to happen. It's like at work. When your boss comes through, he's not going to delegate with you what they already established. Either you abide by it or you find another job. Okay, we're going to switch schedules. This is the new schedule. You can fight it all you want, but at the end, whatever they establish, that's how it's going to be. The kingdom of God works that way as well. Whatever God has established, that's what's going to be. And sometimes we go against that, and we find ourselves in a very predicament and uh, in, in a very predictable state of mind. Because if God said it, then He's faithful enough to come through with it. Now, when you receive a word, make sure you receive a word from somebody that you know has a relationship with God. Because the Bible says that in the last days, there will be many false prophets. Mm -hmm. And many, including the elect, you and I, might be deceived. Now, how do you determine who's right and who's wrong? By the fruits. How are you going to follow somebody that ain't got no fruits? Mm -hmm. I remember years ago, I was in the bus terminal, right? This guy came up to me and said, Oh, I need you to, uh, to to lend me $20. I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back. He didn't even let me answer. And I said, I, I said to him, I don't got it right now, but I could get it, you know, when I catch my check, but you know how you going to pay me back? He said, I, I work. I said, where you work? Over there. <laughs> Just like I'm... <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. You know he lied. See, I make, I make $10,000 a month. That's what he told me. And then I said to myself, and why are you here? Why are you at the bus terminal with me? I can't even make a dollar. Okay. His tone, his demeanor could have fooled anyone that didn't know any better. And sometimes we fall for fake prophets or false prophets, because we don't even know how to discern the voice of God to begin with. First of all, God is not crazy. Mm -hmm. Second of all, when God gives you a word, He also gives you a confirmation to that word. Mm -hmm. And He could give you a confirmation to that word many times, just so that you can be sure that it is Him. But if you do not heed to the voice of God, you're going to find yourself in a predicament. For example, when God called me, I went against that. But the signs were there. He spoke to me in dreams. He spoke you know, it, it, it got to the point that I, I guarantee you, if I would have taken the alphabet series and I would have poured it out, it would have said, "ba," pa a ser pastor. <laughs> Uy, señor reprenda diablo. I mean, that's all he needed to do for me to get it. You, you get what I'm saying? But when it's. I'll it just be. I'm just being honest, you know, because I was so in denial, I was was so upset with God, I'm like, how can you call me, not now,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I I don't want to sing for you, God, not right now, you're you coming up against the one that knows it all. Mm-hmm. How, how can you come against, he knows when you're ready, even when you know, you know, that you know you are ready, but you don't want to be ready, but you know you are ready. Does that make any sense? I don't know. No, no sir. It's like women sometimes. They, they curse themselves. I do cocinar. Yo no sé cocinar. They say that, right? they <laughs> And when they cook, I
1: <laughs>
0: Now we teach that to our, let me tell you something, when I was growing up, there was a saying that they used to say, if you want to get a good husband, you better make sure you know how to cook right, right? If You want to keep them, they used to, uh, the old grandma wisdom, the old folks wisdom was like, a way to a man's heart is through his belly. They don't teach that to the girls today because it's a lie. <laughs> Let me tell you something. No, it's not. Yes, sir. We're going to be nineteen, almost nineteen years I together. I know. I seen people's court. <laughs> and I have seen people getting the divor- getting ready to get divorced, and and they said, and, and the, the judge said, why 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 you having you file for the divorce? Because of her cooking, oh. her <laughs> cooking is good. You know, I seen it. I I, I see. All wisdom, but good wisdom. Okay. You yourself are your own worst critic. You are killing yourself. That's true. And you
1: don't even know it. That's
0: true. You don't even know it. You're killing your own calling. You think that the people who became entrepreneurs and founders of this country and people that have achieved didn't just because they didn't believe in themselves? No, they believed in it and it made them. Yep. Yep. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Stop killing yourself. Look look at the time, how time's flying. The days are going by so quick. And you killing yourself every day? No, you are precious. Yes, you can. Yes. Every time I go to work, they're like, Oh, we, we look forward to seeing you in the morning. And I say, Why? It's like because you brighten up the place. Amen. Hallelujah. I know people they got teeth, they're whiter than snow, and their soul is so evil. Sometimes we confuse looks. Looks can be deceiving. What people are actually saying to me and saying to you, what you carry. They're talking about the presence of God. And how can you carry the presence of God when you obey what God has established? Stop rebelling against God. I don't want to hear nobody in this building ever say that it's. Tough enough, it's hard. No, it's not. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. If Jesus Christ bared the cross, right. I'd take my problems any day over 39 lashes. Yes. I'd take my burdens every day over six agony hours of being ridiculed and publicly humiliated while he was hanging on a cross. I will take my problems any day over being buried alive, being burned alive, being skinned alive, being thrown into the lion's den. I will take my problems any day over that. Mm -hmm. You haven't experienced pain like others have experienced pain. So I know that you're struggling, but start start changing your mindset. You know what, God, if you overcame all things, you took sickness, infirmity, all of these things to the cross. Take my addiction. Take it. Mm-hmm. I pray the next time that I put a cigarette in my mouth, it tastes nasty. Pray like that. The next time I lust after a woman, I, I see my wife right there. Whoa. <laughs> I ain't supposed to be looking. She's looking back at me. That's my wife. <laughs> Let me tell you this, and I close with this. I, I, I have the privilege to encounter some characters. And what I mean by characters is people that come to me that you be surprised how they open up to me. And through the years I've been blessed enough to have people come to my life that they have opened themselves in more ways than one. So I was working at, w- at one point with this Indian guy. And, and he started opening up to me about certain things that he was going through. And, and, and in the middle of the conversation he said to me, I don't know. His accent was like that. <laughs> yeah. But there's something about you <laughs> Then I can talk to you. That like that? Yeah. I have to share with you a story. I met this woman. He talked just like that. I'm telling you the story. We are into it. I'm I'm, I'm. I'm
1: popcorn. <laughs>
0: And when I went to her house she got naked and I said, Oh my god, what is she doing? She said, I want to sleep with you. She said then I said, Okay. And as soon as I was going to, I saw my wife and my kids. Right? And and, and, and he said and he said and I couldn't do it. I couldn't. She called me a coward. And she told me I was no man to get out of her house. And I laughed. And he laughed, right? And he said, I don't, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know why I'm telling you this. But I tell you this because anything's possible. Mm-hmm. Young lady, beautiful lady. And me with my wife all my life. <laughs> this is an Indian... You don't got God. Mm -hmm. And he's sharing with me something that anyone, now I know some of you are so religious, I like me. Man, please. (laughs) Please. You know your limits. But then later on, after he shared that with me, I began to pray for him and I said, Lord, reveal yourself to him and you know, you brought him into my life for a reason and a purpose. I don't know. He has shared with me these intimate details about him and I just pray that, you know, whatever you're trying to do in his life, reveal yourself to him, right? So we all know that Indians, the majority of them believe in the Hindu, right? Religion. So he came to me one day and he says, now he found out I was a pastor. He goes, Pastor Jose, I have something to say to you. my daughter, brought a picture of Jesus that our friend gave it to her and she put it next to the altar that we have at home. So here is my God and here's Jesus. I don't know but we pray to both. And you know what I said? Lord let that be the door.
1: Yes. Yes. Let that be the door
0: let that be the door. I haven't seen him in a while, but I'm assuming that God is working in a serious way. Now, it sounds crazy, but God allowed his daughter to take a picture of Jesus that her friend gave her and put it next to the altar of their God. And he said, I don't know. You see, if I was a religious freak, I would have said, throw away your God, put in Jesus. No, slowly, Jesus is going to come into him. Now when Jesus come in, God going to bring it to the picture and bring somebody else. But w- that's the impossible. You do the impossible. Now, what I take about the whole story is, how can a man that doesn't know me, from a hole in the wall, expose himself to me like that? When I was in the world, I used to hang out with the Ricans. You hang with your kind. Am I right or wrong? Mm-hmm. You were in the lunch table. Who were there? Look at your lunch table right now. Come on. Who was in your lunch table? What? Your people. No. No? Yeah, you had a little can of Chichas.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: had a little crackers.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> to I brought a maita to school one day. They almost expelled me. They thought it was beer. Yeah, I don't know nothing about that. But your table, now you come to God and look at this melting pot. All I different nationalities, all different kinds of people, all different, only God can do this. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because when I was growing up, you hang with your kind, you marry with your kind, and you die with your kind. Mm-hmm. My mom used to tell me, I mean, no me traga. That's true. No me traga una morena. Don't Don't, don't bring me, don't bring me this, don't bring me that. She used to tell me, you bring me a blonde one with blue eyes, or bring me something good. That that was my mom, all the time, and she embedded that in us. Too, too bad that God has something else better for me, right? Amen to that. Too bad. Amen. Too good that God has something good for me. Amen. (laughs) Too bad (laughs) that God
1: has something better for me.
0: What does culture do? It separates us from the will of God. Church, tradition, all of that. That's not God's best. All of us, by the end of the day, before we leave here tonight, we should pick up something about each other and pray about it. Pray about it hard. Lord, what my sister and my brother's going through. And pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. You'd be surprised that you will find yourself when you're doing God's will. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing whatever you want to do, this will be confusing to you. God has a plan and a purpose. Everything that you have gone through in life has happened for a reason. And the Apostle Paul is reminding each and every one of us through the teachings and the writings that it is God's will for us to edify each other. Edification comes through discipline, and we got to discipline ourselves every day,
1: yeah.
0: every day. If we're struggling and our eyes are wondering eyes, Lord, put blinders in here. I don't want to look there. I don't want to see there. I don't. All of those things that are tempting us, all of those things that are coming to us, Lord, know that the cigarette tastes like ashes, that the beer tastes like uh, bath water or toilet water. That when I'm going to go spend my money on things that I'm not supposed to, that I uh, and then my credit card, my debit card, something goes wrong and I can't even make the transaction. Pray to God like that. Pray to God that some people lose your number. Pray to God. you be surprised. God will remove people out of your life when you speak life. Mm-hmm. Because there's some people right now that shouldn't be in your life because you're at a vulnerable stage, so you got to be careful. You can't go to those areas or those places that you used to go. You got to come out of that. You know, if there's people that you used to talk to, there, all they did was listening to you, and you listen to them, and they're all depressed. Get away from people like that, because mm-hmm. they're gonna drive you down. Mm-hmm. No, you got to get in that right state of mind of thinking, and it begins by you declaring, you speaking. Some of the things that you're watching at home don't watch certain things that are gonna bring your spirits down. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or things that are gonna make you lust after. Are you hearing me, church? Amen. God expects from us for us to do our part while he does his part. God is not gonna do for you what you are not ready to do for yourself. God can only do the impossible. You gotta do the possible. The possible is I want change. Now God comes with the impossible. All of a sudden, you don't have the desire. Okay. I used to be a smoker. A very bad smoker. I, I got to the point that, that I used to smoke a cigarette before a toothbrush hit my mouth. Now I can't even stand people that smoke. Not the people. The smell. Not the people, the smell, the
1: smell. They smoke it and they blow. Woo.
0: There was a point in my life that I couldn't. I smelled cigarette. I, uh, deuce, deuces. I got the deuce. Are you hearing me church? So what are we going to do tonight when we go home? We're going to start reevaluating our thoughts. Our prayers. And we're going to start surrendering to God. And we're going to start asking God, connect me with someone in the church. That I can uplift. That I can motivate. Somebody who's going to be a blessing to me and I'm going to be a blessing to them. And what if we create a chain of empowerment? The next time you call your brother and your sister is to encourage them. It's not to feed into all that negativity. Uh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Everything, a, a, a new beginning begins with a new way of thinking. You're not a coincidence. You're not an accident. You're, you, you know how many things the enemy wanted to do before you got here and God still paid away for you to be here. Some of you were even cursed from the womb. My mom forgot she was pregnant for me. How could you forget that you pregnant from the best-looking guy? That, how do you forget that? At one point, I was going to tell my mom, did you even know who the father is? You know, like I'm saying, like, you know, it was, it, she was with the same guy, but that's how I felt when I was growing up. And the devil played with my mind to the point that I wanted to commit suicide. I didn't fit in. I didn't think I was right. And all of that God used to create me the way that he wanted to create me. So you're not a coincidence. You're not an accident. God created you that way for a purpose. So if you feel that you are rejected or no one loves you, trust me, God loves you more than what you can imagine or think of. So erase that out of your mind. Change your perspective. God, I want your DNA.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want your DNA. We're going to do that
1: tonight?
0: Man. Are we going to do that tonight.
1: Amen.
0: How many of you are struggling financially? Raise your hand. Amen. Throw your wallet to your purses on the altar. How many of you are struggling with an addiction? Maybe you want to lose weight and you can't. And you can't stop eating. Throw it! Throw it on the altar. Throw it on the altar. Grab it and just throw it in the altar.
1: <laughs>
0: Amen.